You are listening to the Quarter Transmissions. Weekly Trek, Episode 15, first week of August, 2018. Weekly Trek, episode 15 for the first week of August. Weekly Trek is a Tricorder Transmissions podcast network weekly show covering the news and current events in the Star Trek universe with rotating hosts from the Tricorder Transmissions network. Each week, our hosts hand-select news from around the internet and present them to you with our analysis. Think of it like the 6 o'clock news, but for Star Trek. Well, this time around, you folks are getting a, uh, a Polytrek-centric weekly trek, because today on the show, we have yours truly, Barry DeFord, coming in for his second in a row, and obviously the often imitated, never replicated, Mr. Shashank Avaru, a veteran of weekly trek. How are you doing, Shashank? Namaste, homo sapiens. I am doing okay. If my voice sounds different, it's because I am clearly down with the with a fever or cold or whatever it is, I don't know at this point, but... I will be at STLV and I'm sure I'll be okay. So, yep, that's where I am, but I'm good. Thank you for asking. That's very good. And and yes, folks, please send out your good vibes um, because Shashank and I are sharing a hotel room and I don't want to get sick. <laughs> so selfishly, I want you to get as well as possible, Shashank, because I don't intend to sleep and I'm probably going to compromise my immune system just by lack of sleep and like just constantly going and moving around at STLV. So that's basically, yeah, that's our first, uh, our first Trek news piece here is uh, STLV is at this point hours away. And by the time this episode drops, it's probably ongoing. So yeah, we're all very excited to be heading down to the, uh, the Clark sector of the state of Nevada to the city of Las Vegas to check out all of the fantastic and wonderful Star Trek things. So if you're headed down there, we'll see you there and please don't be a stranger. And if you aren't, then please live vicariously through us because we'll be tweeting and all that sort of stuff. And if you're not interested, maybe you want to mute the hashtag STLV because as Thad Hate mentioned uh, on Twitter just earlier today, we podcasters are all going to annoy you if you don't want to hear anything about STLV. So, first bit of news. Are you excited for STLV, Mr. Javaru? I am. I, excitement does not even begin to cover the feeling I have. I was talking to one of our listeners the other day, and uh, she and I were talking about how we are excited to go to our respective conventions. She's uh, from UK. And I was telling her, when I went to STLV last year, it was like a mutant walking into Professor Xavier's Academy. It was a feeling of truly belonging somewhere the first time I went there. Like, I... I felt like I could be as weird and as deep nerdy as I wanted to and obscure about Star Trek. And not only would I be accepted here, people would celebrate me for it. So the fact that for one week I get to leave this world and go a couple of centuries ahead where we have Starfleet and we are all travelers across the universe, it's pretty insane. And to top it all off, I actually get to spend time with you in person, which is uh, one of the best things about STLV for me. Absolutely. I think uh, the amount of actual face-to-face time you and I have actually had, I think, measures in about the hours. Now, of course, over Skype and on the podcast with airwaves, I think you and I are down to uh, you know weeks and months of, of contacting and being in conversation. So it will be great to see you in person again. 
Of course, speaking of feeling welcome, I think a hearty welcome is in order to the Star Trek family, to Ms. Rebecca Romaine, who will be taking on the role of number one in Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Rebecca Romaine has a list of, of credentials and um, just, you know, different starring roles in so many different genres and shows. She is nothing if talented uh to the to the highest extent and uh, i have a huge amount of respect for her as a professional as an actor and i'm hoping she's excited because boy am i ever excited to see her take on what i think is a role with some of the greatest potential in star trek since since the pilot um i you know number one broke ground way way back in the day and of course we've had a female captain now we've had a lot of strong female leads in different star trek iterations but uh, this is just another fantastic chance and to see her going up with uh, you know powerhouses like uh, Sinequa martin green mary chifo and so many others this is uh, yeah i think we've got a dream team set up it's like a, i'm a soccer fan as well and it's like when a really great player ends up on your favorite team and you're just like what this is great so yeah i'm pretty excited what about you sir in true Polytrex fashion, I have a conspiracy. I think the whole idea of uh, these new casting news that we keep getting for Star Trek Discovery or uh, whatever, whoever is going to be the female villain for the next Star Trek movie. And as we keep getting these casting news pieces, I think we'll eventually realize that the goal of CBS and Paramount is to hire every X-Men from the X-Men franchise back into Star Trek or they started with taking our Star Trek veteran Patrick Stewart and making him Professor X. Now they've taken X-Men veteran Rebecca Romaine, who is Mystique, as a Star Trek actor. So before before uh, gets too long, I think we'll see every X-Men cast member in Star Trek or we'll see every Star Trek member in X-Men. I think that is going to happen. So we, we can expect uh, Hugh Jackman. I mean, Kelsey Grammer, he was Beast and he was in Star Trek as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. holy doodle. I think, I think you're onto something. And Carl Urban and Hugh Jackman know each other. So, I mean, really, I think it's just a matter of us contacting Carl Urban and saying, hey, Carl, you know, you think you could get Hugh in uh, and he can play, you know, really anything. So, yeah, I mean, we've got... Uh, We've got, yeah, we've got Mystique. We, yeah, there's a lot of trade-ups there. I've, I never even thought of that. Look at you, sir. Yeah, the, it's my fevered mind. I keep coming up with crazy, crazy ideas, and I attempt to prove them right. But, uh, I, you know, if Hugh Jackman comes in, I want him to grow all his body hair and play a maskless Gorn. That's what I want. Make yeah. that happen, Barry. Well, I was thinking Hugh Jackman would make a great Tellarite. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yours is better. Let's go with yours. He's got the temper, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. I even think Tellarites could have a very nice Australian accent. I, uh, you know, Australian accents are always very charming. And to put it on a Tellarite, I think it'd throw people sort of sideways. Anyways, we've gone way off the rails. Rebecca Romaine, welcome to the Star Trek family. We're so excited to have you. Before we proceed, I, I recommend everybody check out the 2004 Punisher. It was one of those early comic book movies. It's not tied into any universe, but Rebecca Romaine plays a really nice role in there. I highly recommend watching it. She's she's a great actress, which I'm sure all of us already know, but she plays a very vulnerable, sort of damaged character in that, and I, I recommend that you go watch it. But yes, Rebecca Romaine, welcome to the franchise. Awesome. So another nifty thing is Little Golden Books has released or will be releasing two 
um, books on both Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk. Now, for those of you who may not be from the uh, the North America uh, sector or hemisphere of planet Earth, as I was, as as yes, you were. I was just explaining to Shank that uh, I had a ton of those little golden books, and you know they'd be like Disney and just other sorts of things. Little golden books are just you know they've got that kind of golden spine with sort of a neat little flowery design on the side. They're short. They've got really nice pictures. They're sort of doing like a looks almost kind of Samurai Jack style uh, drawing for uh, the Kirk and Spock. Uh, little golden books and you know hey way to way to get them young i think uh, you know my love of star trek started at a very early age and uh, the younger the better i think teaching kids idic the idea that um you know we can we can have a better world that exploration and discovery is a good thing and um yeah all those all those principles of star trek coming through at that age i think that's pretty well pretty uh, pretty darn awesome one thing you can be rest assured as well, as an educator of a K-12 to school, I will be hopping down to the uh, lower elementary end in full TOS uniform to read both books to my uh, kindergartens, grade 1s, grade 2s, and grade 3s. So uh, prepare probably in the coming school year for pictures of me on Twitter and the backs of a number of children's heads because, of course... Um, we want to protect their identities and such, but you'll definitely see this goofball reading books to kids. I already read Star Trek Cats to my students, so, uh, you know, this just uh, stands to reason that, uh, of course, I will be getting into this. So, I don't know, would you think you'd even pick up something like that, Shashank, or do you think you might give that a pass and just see what everyone else has to say about the little golden books? Well, I might wait it out a little bit because I don't want to get into the demand cycle. I'm sure there is a huge line of people waiting to buy this. But as a 26-year-old man-child, I do look at it as a collectible because I was looking at the cover of both these books as you were talking, and it looks like there's a really cool Captain Kirk standing in front of tentacles and the Enterprise zooming by in the back. And then there is Spock in his traditional tricorder LLAP pose. So just for the art of it, I might buy it and I might not, if, even if I read it or I don't read it, I'll make sure I preserve it because I'm sure from what I'm hearing from you and the general sense I'm getting with these books is they would be valuable as just collectibles because it seems like people have been waiting for these for a while. If you've had it for a lot of characters, especially from Disney and characters that we grew up with, there is no reason why we don't have Kirk, Spock, Little Golden Book. And now that we get them, right, I even if you're an adult, I'm sure in some years it will be a valued collectible. Now, all I want is my, uh, I, I want my grumpy Dr. McCoy Little Golden Book where it's just him full of quotes that say, I am a doctor, not a dash, and just fill up the dash with 600. It could almost be like a little golden book Mad Libs for kids of, I am a doctor, damage him, I am a doctor, not a whatever, and the entire book is that. So unless I get that, I won't be fully happy, but I will definitely consider buying these. I'd like to see an Ohura little golden book, and I'm sure we'll we'll get one. I'm just uh, doing the math here, Shashank, and, and if you think about it, uh, had we have grown up in the same place uh, and had little golden books available, 14-year-old Barry could have read to 5-year-old Shashank uh, little golden books, and uh, I'm, I'm really sad we missed out on that. And based on what I know of my 5-year-old life, I'm pretty sure I would have toned that book up and chewed it up while you were not around like a little puppy. So, oh... Well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest with you, just, that's what our show is about. Just lunge Honest at me. and weirdness.
Well, as our, our final uh, uh, news item before we get on to Shashank's uh, review of the latest comic book, um, the final little bit is maybe a little more adult-centered, is a Deep Space Nine beer is about to be dropped at STLV. Well, I hope it won't be dropped, actually. I hope it'll be released <laughs> rather than dropped, though, of course, some people may drop it, and if they do, then it's uh, a gift to the profits, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I hope they make the profits rain. Get it? No? no? Uh, I'm going to stop. <laughs> but the beer's called Profit Motive, Hopped Up Golden Ale. And it's uh, sponsored by Quark's Bar. So I think it's a Quark's Bar company label. And it's a, I think the actual company is Schmaltz. It's going to debut at STLV. There's an article on Trekor that goes into more detail and has pictures of the thing. But as someone who's a teetotaler, I'm still going to buy these just because I want the artwork of the case. It's a beautiful picture of uh, a, lo- a circular logo. I think it's a logo of the Deep Space Nine station, although maybe I could be wrong. Maybe that's what it is. And then it's uh, it has just Deep Space Nine written on it, and the bottle has that typical Ferengi colors of bright red bright orange bright yellow i'm i'm just going to buy it so i can have the the, again the collectible value of hey i own this beard i don't know where it's going to go i don't know how popular it's going to get but yep i'm definitely buying one of these it it just looks very pretty and this is just in continuation with a lot of the other alcoholic drinks that are coming out i think there is was a 10 forward vodka that you guys talked about on our last episode there are other alcoholic drinks coming out from star trek so i think another smart thing that they're doing is they're realizing that there are as many adult collectors and as many adult fans as there would be teenagers and preteens and children that are fans of star trek so they're making their best efforts to ensure that everyone has something that they can feel that it belongs to them and it's something that is just a subset of their love for the franchise so this is a smart marketing move and just as a collector and someone who's a nerd i'm going to keep it i'm going to buy it and keep it and probably empty the bottle out at some point but just keep it so i say i possess profit motive what about you i can help you with that if you need a place to empty the bottle out um my stomach could be that place <laughs> if you want this could be a team effort i do have to say i am i don't know maybe it's my uh, my western canadianness because it seems like people from ontario central canada and east love their hoppy beers i hate hoppy beer i hate super hoppy beer it's that sour almost astringent aftertaste that just gives me horrifying indigestion afterward so i will try this beer absolutely 100 percent but it, it'll take a lot to actually um, actually convince me for it because I have found a uh, a general dislike towards extremely and they say it's hopped up so I'm guessing it's going to be pretty pretty hoppy but I mean hey that means it transports well right that's why hops were put into beer um, because the English sailors leaving port would need to get to India and they'd have to go around the Horn of Africa and by the time they got there their all their ales had gone rancid so add more hops keep the bacteria and other things out and by the time you get to India your beer is still good to drink even though it tastes like hops but hey that's all good I would I would gladly give you the beer Barry but Ferengi rule of acquisition number 121 says everything is for sale even friendship so I'm sorry but you will have to pay for that beer 
But we can talk about the price later off our show. What if I massage your lobes for a while? Yep, that we can consider that also. That sounds like a that sounds like a good return. But hey, <laughs> speaking of exciting things that are more adult themed, have you been reading any of the Star Trek Mirror Universe comics that are coming out from IDW? As much as I possibly can. The 49th parallel is a frustrating thing. So is also living five hours from a city with at least a million people. I uh, have been trying to keep up, and the comic book stores in my uh, tiny town are doing their utmost, but um, I don't know. It's not really it's not really working out, so I am probably about, I don't know, I'm probably half the entire series behind right now because it just takes that long for stuff to make its way out to me. So unfortunately, not as much as I would like to, though I find it an extremely fascinating premise. You, however, have been hitting this pretty hard, and I hear you've got some some reviews to, to go on it. I absolutely do. For some context, for those of you who might want to listen to our Mirrored Broken review, we did that on Reading Trek uh, with Will and Marty. They were kind enough to invite me on their show, and we did an hour-long breakdown of that particular arc, so I highly recommend you guys go check it out. But yeah, the premise is we are finally getting a peek at the Star Trek Next Generation Mirror Universe. That's what the entire series and whatever has followed has been about. The first series was Mirror Broken, in which you find out how that particular group comes together on their version of the Federation. And the second arc has been Through the Mirror, which shows them coming through the Mirror Universe into our universe and them trying to take over the Enterprise. The next series the number one of which I'm going to review with you today is called Terra Incognita. And it starts at the place where we look at the fallout of what happens when those evil mirror universe characters try to take over Picard's enterprise. And minor spoilers ahead on what happens in that. While I won't tell you the actual outcome, one of the things that does happen is that our very own Reginald Barclay is captured and held hostage in his own room by the mirrored universe, Reginald Barclay. And this particular issue, Terra Incognita number one, written by the Tiptons, who have been writing all of the mirrored universe titles, uh, Scott Tipton and David Tipton, and the artist by Tony Shastine. It's fascinating, and it picks up right where we left off with that particular scene, and it starts with a discussion between the mirrored universe, Reginald Barclay, who's the complete opposite, as you'd expect, of our Bartley. He's outspoken, he's confident, he has an agenda. He knows he's there for getting the Terran agenda through and getting what his Picard has asked him to do. So he's holding him hostage, and we see them start off a discussion. And the entire issue, which I love a lot about the whole thing, is that it is about Reginald Bartley. I've always thought that Reginald Barclay is a really, really interesting, highly underutilized character. And I am very, very impressed with the writing. They show us a different side of Barclay. They show us a Barclay in this mirror universe of a guy who is an introvert, someone who does not get to live the life they want, actually seeing a counterpart who does essentially live out the life that he desires to live out but it comes at a heavy cost. And the other side, what you'd call a B story, is that Enterprise has been asked to help another starship out, and they are having engineering problems. So Barclay finds himself now in the unique position of 
faking, essentially pretending to be his regular universe's counterpart. And now he goes on to pretend to be that guy while trying to fulfill his agenda. And he gets to be on this other spaceship where he's figuring out these engineering problems with Jordy. And that is what the issue is about. And it's a very, very well-told Reginald Bartley story. And there are very uh, human movements like you see Reginald Barclay, the middle universe is Reginald Barclay, get to feed Spot. And there is a little bit of a surprise there where you go, wait, that guy does that. And then the famed chocolate cake of Deanna Troy comes back and it comes back in a very funny exchange between Riker and Troy. So that, that is pretty cool. But the most impressive thing about the entire issue to me, and which I'm assuming it would be for everyone, is that it's a, it's a Reginald Barclay story. The Loot Crate exclusive special Origin of Data was a data story. And the free comic book day issue that was given out for the Mirror Universe before it all started was a Reginald Barclay story. So I'm glad they're, re- they're relying on these underutilized, very cool characters that haven't had their stories told yet as much as all the main characters. And they're, they're banking on them. And that's a good thing. And uh, it's just filled with a lot of interesting exchanges, like what data, our data thought about the mirrored universe's data and what he thinks about how his humanity has changed. And uh, just a lot of interesting little exchanges within a well-told story. I definitely give the, the whole story overall, the writing of it all, I give it an eight and 8.5 warp. And the art is a 7.5 warp because I really, while I really enjoyed the art, uh, I enjoyed the coloring. I quite enjoyed the the near perfect replication of our characters that we have seen on screen into the comic book. It's definitely not as good as J.K. Woodward's Mirror Universe art. So the art is a 7.5 and overall the book is an 8.5 warp. I highly recommend people pick it up. It's an exciting number one. It sets up a very interesting story. And it looks like it's going to be, whether you're a fan or not, a Reginald Barclay story. So if you're a fan, you're going to get to see a really cool side of him. If you're not, I'm sure at some point you'll get to see him suffer, which is just as interesting as however you'd like to look at the story about. But that's that's what I have to share about this comic with you. Have I sold you on it? What do you think? You think you'll check it out? Well, absolutely. I'm a comic book guy myself. And actually, I was just thinking in the back of my head while you were explaining that story, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can talk to this comic book group or maybe this or that or the other thing. Um, maybe I can see if I've, I've got a friend in Edmonton who has a comic book store. Maybe he can help me, all this sort of stuff. And then I'm like, wait a second. In 48 hours, I'm going to be in Las Vegas where there will be a vendor's room where there will likely be comic books for sale. So I think I might do my stock up and just pick up all of the things that I don't have comic books pack flat my suitcase is insane so yeah absolutely sir and actually I wouldn't mind maybe pouring over a couple of the ideas with you being yourself a comic book writer it might be interesting to just sort of get a, a real-time uh, reaction on a few things or maybe you can see my real-time reaction so absolutely this sounds like fun I am I'm glad you think so it's uh I, I definitely would like to tell everyone if you're not interested in any of like the specific character stories as this one is looking to be you can just check out mirror broken and through the mirror there are definitely stories about the enterprise and you get to think about the enterprise or whatever the i don't even want to spoil with the name but whatever the mirror universe's enterprise is and just 
they're, they're, no matter what you like, it's very much like watching different episodes of The Next Generation. You get to see episodes that are all about the ship, like yesterday's Enterprise, and then you get deep character episodes like Remember Me, which are not unlike Terra Incognita. So no matter what your taste is, they have something for everyone with this IDW collection, and I highly recommend it, especially the one that we talked about, Terra Incognita number one. Check it out. Fantastic. Well, speaking of recommendations, if you are finding yourself in the uh, Clark County sector of Nevada during STLV, I would highly recommend checking out our Tricorder Birthday Bash on August the 1st. Couch Trek will be happening there. If you want to know more about that, you can uh, send me a message on Facebook or Twitter about that, and it'll be very entertaining and fun. We're having uh, a number of friends, well-wishers, fans, and podcasters up uh, to our uh, uh, specific uh, hotel suite on that. So do check it out. We will have more information, I believe, on the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention page on Facebook. Also, our Night of Diversity is on Saturday. It's at the Kiss Mini Golf. There'll be raffles. There'll be dancing. There'll be mini golf. All of our raffle proceeds, of course, go to two LGBTQ uh, charities, uh, the Center in Las Vegas and the Crib in Chicago. Also, of course, Night of Diversity doesn't mean just LGBTQ, it means everybody. So if you are a 18 to 35-year-old cisgendered white Anglo-Saxon male like myself, you are also welcome there because, of course, though perhaps in the terms of diversity, I am perhaps maybe more represented than most. I uh, am still excited to see all of the wonderful human beings who I share this great planet with and all of that so if you're interested in going there's so many different events happening every single night so of course it can be very hard to pick and choose both events are free in our case and that is good and if you're enjoying our shows you can always consider becoming a patron of the network by visiting patreon.com slash the tricorder transmissions and tickle that donate button before we guys get out of here if you're listening to this in the middle of stlv if you have listened to if you're listening to it just before it starts we don't know when you're going to listen to this but I personally highly recommend the STLV-centric episodes that Jeff and Heather did on Shortly, where they invite pe- invited people from past STLVs that they've attended, and they just talk about everything from when you get to the convention center to when you leave, everything you need to know. It's pretty much like a an audio Bible that you can have, an audio guide to everything from where can I go buy cheap food to how can I afford ABC? How is the best way to get water? Where can I find free something? All of it is in there. And it's designed to make your life a whole lot easier at STRB. So no matter when you're listening to this, if you get a chance, you listen to this because you will enjoy it. It's on our Tricorder Transmissions website. The link is escaping me. But if you go to Shore Leave, I'm sure there is an STRB centric section there that you can listen to so that is one recommendation and uh, another one that i have for all of you is if you are at stlv please come by and say hi to barry and i i love making friends i think it's one of the great joys of going to the convention had i not gone last year and made friends with a random stranger who was sitting next to me in a bar i would never have had polytrex so i highly recommend even if it's not us, just go and talk to people, make friends, reach out, and the convention will be a whole lot better for you and for them. And every Trekkie is just waiting to become friends with you. That's just one of the joys of the convention. So please go out, make friends, reach out, 
try to spend as much time as you can out of the room. That's about the only little piece of advice I'll give for you. You can yell at me about why I'm wrong by following me on Twitter on at gutter underscore hero. And you can follow the show that Barry and I do on at Polytrex on Twitter. And Barry, how can people get in touch with you? You can find me at B-J-O-R-N-D-E-F-J-O-R-D, Bjorn de Fjord, or BDEF is my handle right now. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Polytrex. So yes, definitely say hi if you are in our uh, neck of the woods. And if not, say hi on social media. We're always up for a good chat. That's all the Trek news we have to share for you this week. But if you'd like to continue the conversation, of course, you can check out Weekly Trek as well on Twitter on, and online at thetricordertransmissions.com. Now, again, with we, with Weekly Trek, um, I am going to threaten it again just in case. We may take a one-week hiatus post-STLV, but we will see how that goes. So until then, live long and prosper. And onward to Star Society and read up on your Ferengi rules of acquisition. Mm-hmm.